Welcome to HVAC Success Secrets Revealed, a show where we interview industry leaders and disruptors, revealing the success secrets to create and unleash the ultimate HVAC business. Now your hosts, Thaddeus and Evan. Hey, welcome back to another episode of HVAC Success Secrets Revealed with Thaddeus and Evan, where we have good conversations with good people and any good conversation worth having is worth having drunk. So cheers. Jackie, thanks for coming on the show today and excited to get into what we have. Obviously, if you're wondering why Evan is not here. He's actually on a phone call right now. So we decided to still go live with it anyways. Today we have on Jackie Swords. And so she's from Thorson Air. And so you guys have been in business for 80 years. You are now the third generation owner with it. You spent 15 years in the field as a service tech and an installer. And you said, hey, screw it. I want to change. I'm going to buy the business from my dad. Bought the business, took it over fully. And an interesting fact that you're sharing beforehand was that you were the first and only female to graduate from the trade program in Sioux Falls. Yes, that is correct. So walk us through your story, your history, how you got into it. Oh, boy. It's not a real great formal story, but I actually just needed a job over the summer. I never really planned on going into it, which is, I think, a common theme for a lot of technicians. We just fall into it in the industry. I started running calls with my dad when I was 18 and I liked it and I just never turned back. I enrolled for tech school that fall. All is history, I guess. It was all pretty intimidating at the time, though, of only girl in my class and yeah. So if you're to look at another female, if they were to have that same sort of, I guess, apprehension or fear or intimidation, Mm -hmm. what type of words would you say to somebody that's looking at getting into the trades? I would say, just take a step back. It's really not that physically demanding of a career. It's more of the technical knowledge. And I think women are very capable of that. I even promote women service techs that they have a little bit better attention to detail. And actually, once I got started in the industry, a lot of the customers requested me and to the point it started to offend my dad quite a bit because they're his longtime customers. But anymore nowadays, a lot of times it's women who are home during the day and not the men. So, you know, it's very intimidating to have a man come into their house. That's an also a powerful piece, right? Because now Mm -hmm. you have a different connection level with them and you think about females, the empathy level is generally a lot higher than males naturally and even running a business too with that. And yeah, and really the power of just getting into it, getting started and it's okay, right? Heck, we're here at Women in HVACR event as well. And it's a room full of amazing, talented females that are all here to support one another. And I think there's more support helps out. Yep. Yeah, I actually met my husband in tech schools too. So I have that kind of balance of knowing both sides, what the men go through or what I go through as a woman. And I'm teased with my husband. Oh, I had a rough day. Customer was sharing a lot with me. And oh, I started crying. And he's like, what? I'm like, you've never had a customer cry to you before? It happens to me all the time. It's like, I feel like I'm a technician slash therapist because you really get to know your people because they're a lot of times you're in their home twice a year, every year. And a lot of my customers, I would see more than I see my own family. Mm-hmm. And you really get that connection with them. So when you really build trust. And so in terms of creating that and establishing a better connection with the customer, what are some of the things that you've done to make that successful to be able to establish a greater connection? I think I have a special ability for that because especially being a woman and being on that outside of the mechanical industry, I think every woman's had it where they are afraid of being taken advantage by like auto mechanic or that sort of thing along those same lines. But I've been on the outside looking in where I didn't understand what was going on either. And so I think it's being able to break it down to people in a way that they can understand. I think there's a lot of men who I'm trying to think of what the if you don't know what you're saying, you bluff them with bullshit or whatever. And and I do the opposite of that, I guess. Or I, just, I speak in layman's terms in which they can understand it instead of speaking so technical to where they don't understand it and they don't need to know what's going on. But 
It's just making it more like down to earth for them and them too old to understand it, making it digestible for them. I don't know. For some reason, I use like cardiovascular references a lot. Oh, your compressor. It's like the heart of your unit. That's what pumps the refrigerant through the whole system. And people obviously understand those references. And right. it's just breaking it down to them in a way that they, they get it. So Yeah, not getting too weighed down in the technical jargon yes. of things. When you do that now it's a different conversation and they understand it and they know what's going on in their system and in their homes and with everything. Right. So it's a super smart way to or do that. why it's important to change your filter. Not just that you have to, but like why that matters. Right. And what it can do for you and the benefits that it can have for you as well. Yeah. yeah. And I'm sure there's probably some mm -hmm. dirty filters that you've seen in your day. <laughs> so I guess now fast forward 15 years later, you've been in the industry, you've been a service tech, you've been an installer and you're like, all right, I want to do a change. I want to look at taking over the company. What was that like? How did you come to that decision? It was actually a very, I want to say it, uh, an uneasy time in my life, actually. I got pregnant right before COVID. Right around that March when COVID hit, I found out I was pregnant. And going through pregnancy as a service tech in the industry was so hard. I don't want to say I don't recommend it, but to be quite frank, that's what makes it really difficult to be a woman in the industry and in a male-dominated industry is being taken seriously and being given those same benefits that you would get at another employer that's used to having women in it. That was a big battle I had with even in a small family-owned business. I, I took that for granted that I worked for my dad and that he would be accepting of me being pregnant and that I would get all the time I needed because it's his grandchild and it wasn't like that. It was still very much show up, do your job, come back to work. And that was rough. And and that's when I realized that I needed a change. And to be honest, I was actually at a point where I was ready to leave the company. And I had actually gone through and came up with a business plan, got approval from the SBA, and I was ready to start my own business. And I finally had to sit down and give my, my father and my family the ultimatum that I was ready to leave. And that was a tough decision. It was a really hard time. And somehow we came out on the other side, though, and he was ready to sell, realized that, that it was the best option. Yeah, working within a family is an interesting dynamic and it can either put a wedge right down the middle Absolutely. or it can unite and making sure that there's some commonalities and i do want to get into that but were you going to start an hvac business were you yes. going to go to that yeah yeah and so he's all okay she's already got everything on the go and mm -hmm. she's ready and she's serious then we might as well just have the conversation it was something that we had i, I mean obviously yeah, as soon as i had come into the business with it being a family business that was always the plan i was going to take it over right. someday it was always in the works of if you want to do this you could take it over someday because my brother and sister weren't interested in the company at all and weren't in, in the industry really and then it, as, as years went on and things changed it was like i'm ready to buy in now yeah yeah i'll let you buy in and then nothing ever came of it and no now i really want in and yeah 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 we'll do it we'll do it and then nothing happened and i just got to where i had to put my foot down and i guess an ultimatum was really my only way at that point with my dad no and in terms of family dynamics working with a family having obviously third generation it's been passed down and hopefully with your newest addition maybe i'll turn it into fourth generation family should the your newest one want to take over the business when i hope so there's still got a few years left to go for it but yeah. and we also had a COVID baby too we had yeah. one 2021 is when oh, we yeah. had our first and uh, yeah an interesting time to be pregnant and also have a child during that but uh, i guess in working in a family business and the family dynamics and respecting that to be able to still foster a healthy relationship within with your father and any other family members were in there were there any things that you guys did specifically to help encourage a healthy work-life balance between the relationship yes and i guess to go back to that too with the selling and the, the ultimatum part of that story and to lead into your next question a lot of that was my dad's fear of retirement he was not ready to retire and it really took a lot of convincing that selling is not retiring and so i've gotten him to sell the company to me 
I still keep my parents employed. My dad still works for me as a service technician. And then also last year we brought on my mom. And so my mom's in the office as well, too. And that was just perfect timing as well that she she was at Wells Fargo. Their department had gotten dissolved. And so she was in the market for a new position as well. She had been in the business before and it was uh, the right time to bring her on. But with that, it's it can be tough to juggle that because my husband works for me. My dad works for me. My mom works for me. We're all in the business when we want to go take a trip. It's like you get to go, you have to stay home. And that part can make it tough. Yeah. And so in terms of juggling that, like, how do you guys, is there a balance that you guys put in there? Is there like you're at family dinner and there's like a safe word? Uh, You're like, oh, we're talking about work again. Pineapple. No, (laughs) there should be, though. That's a great idea. We do need to come up with a safe word. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, No, we don't really talk about it at much, like at dinner and stuff. Uh, I catch my husband and I talking a lot at home about it, but not at family outings. We don't so much because we have cousins and nieces and nephews and so much other stuff going on that work doesn't usually come up unless it's we're all sitting around Christmas dinner and the after hour phone rings and it's trio's not it who's going to take the call. Right. <laughs> so makes sense. And it's good that you guys also recognize that, right? It's almost sometimes let it go to see what's actually going to happen. And then you try to see what you need to put in, if anything, right? And sometimes naturally it doesn't actually create any divide or rift. It just evolves and you guys already understand the preconceived parts behind it. So fast forwarding now, now you've worked on the dynamic. You've went from 15 years of being in the field to now a business owner. Yeah, That's a pretty big change. It's a really tough transition. It's a, I don't know, you want to call it a faux pas. That's probably not even the right word. But yeah, it's very common for technicians to be like a one-man show, take start their own business and never really take off very well. Mm-hmm. And I definitely felt that struggle. Like I am 100% a technician and that's the way I was schooled, brought up. That was what I went to college for was was heating and air conditioning. So business and running a business, I had no idea what I was doing. It was about 2015 that I started taking extra courses and classes through our local wholesaler and through like BDR would come to town with classes and that sort of thing. I really started learning a lot more about the business side, business management, reading financial statements. All that was so new to me and it has been quite a transition. I've, I'm very fortunate to have a great team and and friends that help me out. Like the owner of our local wholesaler has been very easy to work with me. He's been very helpful. We'll also look at my financial statements. He used to work for a bank. So then when I was going for financing to a bank, it was really great to have all that insight. Just having those referrals and those connections too that really help get your foot in the door. And it's especially intimidating as a woman too. You read stuff about women not getting as much financing as men for business and things like that. And then to step into this male-dominated industry and just everything was very overwhelmingly intimidating to be buying out the business. It's intimidating enough to be like a woman technician and then to just go to that next level is, is super scary. In terms of like looking at some of the things that you learned, what was the biggest eye opener for you when you went from technician in the field to business owner? Also leading into that too, it's so easy. I feel like in one hand, not, I shouldn't say easy. It's been, it's taken years of honing the skill, but it was easy for me to conquer a homeowner. I can relate to a homeowner. I can talk to them sell them things, fix their system, all is good. And and, and then I leave. And then you stick me into a business meeting with like bank executives and I'm like sweating. Yeah, I, I feel unprofessional. I've been a technician. I swear like a sailor, all these things. And now I'm expected to go in and like present a, a bank officer and a bank president. And it's, yeah, it's super intimidating. It's been a whole nother realm of professionalism 
that I, I thought I had. And then I realized <laughs> that, oh, it's a different profession. It, it really is. Yeah, so. you show up in jeans and a t-shirt and they're wearing a suit and a tie. Yeah, and I'm yeah. like, oh, I, I was wearing my clean jeans today. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I at least put the one, I put different ones yeah, on. I didn't, didn't have wear the holes. same ones, yeah. Right? yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it is real, right? And there is different things about running a business that a lot of people don't understand. And obviously the meeting side of things is one of them. If somebody were to come to you and they're like, okay, I've been in 15 years, 10 years, 20 years, whatever it is. I'm going to start my own business. I'm going to go out and you're a little different because I mean, you came into mm -hmm. an established business, but you were going to do one on your own. Right. So if somebody said, all right, I've been in here for 10 years, I want to start my own business. Where would you point them in the direction of to learn some of the business skills? Honestly, a lot of my training came through like Johnstone's, the Johnstone's Upper Midwest group is <laughs> especially great with that, that they bring in a lot of training, a lot of business training, business courses. They partner well with BDR, the Business Development Resource group and they have been wonderful as far as like digging into those financials teaching you like customer service even better follow-up better procedures things that really make you a well-rounded company not just somebody that can take a phone call and go out and run it and collect for it but actually somebody who cares about a customer is can educate a customer follow up with them and just all the things that really make like the full circle to right. continued customer you know the, for lifelong customers. Nice. So. And you look at like BDR, that's that's a best practice group in a sense, yes. right? And there's a lot of different best practice groups out there, whether it's BDR, whether it's CEO Warrior, whether yes. it's Service Nation, like there's just, there's so many. Any of them would help right? you. And a lot yep. of times they say a lot of the same basic mentalities. It's just different ways that you can apply it. And really a lot of it's just reading books or it's funny. I think I heard this on TikTok one time, but like rich people, successful business people, they'll tell you whatever you want to hear. They're, they'll tell you all the secrets. They'll tell you exactly how they did it. They want to tell you their story. Most people will never even pick up a book to read it. Mm -hmm. And it's crazy. And it's wild because I've said this numerous times is that if you have a room full of 100 people and you told them exactly what they needed to do to, to run a business or have success or anything, mm -hmm. really, 90 to 95 percent of those people won't do jack shit with that information. Exactly. The other five to 10, we're going to find that information out anyway. So you might as well be the one that's giving it to me and leading with that value. And it's that action, right? It's the action. Well, even Amber Lee, who was on the stage before and phenomenal story that she had, what's the ability to just take that next turn that page, right? When your chapter right. comes to an end, it's not the end of your book. It's just right. the end of that chapter. And a lot of times that success is just on that other side. It's right. that one more move. So one more page turn to be able to get there. I guess in terms of book reading, because you mentioned that if somebody were to say, okay, Jackie, what's your best book advice that you would give somebody that's new to starting a business or maybe somebody that's mm -hmm. in that that throws are already there. They're just questioning their next move. Where do they go from there? Sure. One of my favorite ones recently was Extreme Ownership by oh, Jocko Willink, Jocko Willink yes. and Leif Babin. And that was a really great book. I actually saw them present earlier this year. And that was very powerful. Listening on to an audiobook is totally different than reading it as well. Actually being able to hear there's some extra little excerpts and stuff, little anecdotes or whatever that go along with that. And I think just just hearing that is, is so impactful and really just being able to take ownership for everything that goes on in your life and not playing that blame game of everything happens to me. Why does this happen to me? And you really start to reflect on that and you realize how much you do have an impact on your own life and how much you can change. 100%. A phenomenal book. Yeah. I'm actually listening to his leadership strategies and tactics right now and I'm listening to it on Audible. I'm a big Audible fan just because I walk the dog and well, I walk the dog and right. listen to my audiobook. And a specific one for women. Last year at this conference, they had the author come and speak and I feel bad because I don't remember her name. It's Stacy. 
Van Brink, I think, or something like that. But it was Machiavelli for women. And that was a very powerful speech. And I read it as soon as I got home. And that was such a powerful book for women in the workplace, especially women in a male-dominated industry. Being able to ask for what you want, being able to ask for what you deserve. And a lot of that kind of resonated with me with my mishap with maternity leave and going through all of that. So I really hit home for me. And I think it will for any woman in the industry. Yeah, 100%. And look, I've said this last year's event in a little bit different this year. There's a little bit more men coming and supporting the the women in Mm -hmm. HVAC organization. But last year was like shock and awe of now it's almost what it's like on the other side to have that just like you when you went to trade school, first and only one in your town. It's a shock to the system sometimes, but really I find that the best operators of business tend to be women. Oh yeah, definitely better at multitasking and attention to detail and all of that. And just empathy in general. That's almost full circle. We talked about that a little bit earlier, right? Is that generally speaking, the empathy level is a lot higher in women. It's naturally built in than it is in in men. And that allows for greater connection with your team, greater connection with people, greater connection with your clients, and Mm -hmm. just allows for a greater overall success of the business. Not always, but right. you know, more, a lot of trust. More, yeah. A lot of trust in that. Yeah, we're right up at the 20-minute mark. I know that you want to get back to... I'm going to share one other funny sure. excerpt, too. Since you're trying to get more women into the industry, one of my funniest stories I love to share, too, is going to tech school. Being the only woman in the class, and if you know the ending, I met my husband in tech school. So... I like to joke. That's like having your own episode of The Bachelorette. Go there to tech go. school. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, you get pick the yeah, letter, right? Pick the letter. Yeah, right? pick them out. Take them home. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I like that. You're in the same industry. The struggles, the ups and downs, Absolutely. et cetera. Yep. Right? Uh, yeah, no, that's great. And I love that story because it's super powerful and super huge. And I know that the women in HVACR have their sponsorship as well, but our scholarship rather that they do to help bring more females into the trade and not just the office jobs, right. but like actually in the field, actually yeah. doing some of the work and doing those sorts of things because it's a powerful piece to be able to have right. that in there. Yeah, I was very fortunate to have the support around me. My instructors are very supportive. My parents are very supportive while I was going to school. So that made a huge difference to me as well, too. And really, it is just showing up. Just showing up and continuing to do it. Yeah, girls should do it. I graduated top of my class. And yeah, who says you can't? Exactly. It's only your own limiting belief. Absolutely. Right. Well, as we are coming up on our time limit, I do want to make sure that we get you back there. But I do have, actually, before I do that, if anybody wants to reach out and ask you any questions about going to trade school, about your business, doing what you need to do, how can they reach you? Yes, you can find me on social media. I'm on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Jackie H. Vackie. Jackie H. Vackie. Yes. Uh, Perfect. We'll uh, definitely look her up. I'll make sure that we put your handles in our show notes uh, for afters or we'll get those in there. We'll get added in for later on. As we do wrap up, though, I got one final question for you here, Jackie. Yes. What is one question that you wish people would ask you more? But don't. Oh, that's a hard one. Yes, it is. It's our patented trademark ending question. You wish people would ask me more, but don't. Oh, man, I don't even have a good answer for that. You really put me on the spot. I suppose I wish more people, yeah, would just ask about the the process of buying the company and how that came about. I I'd say I enjoy sharing it, but I enjoy when people actually ask about the process of me buying out my dad's business because that's it's. Most of the time it gets sugarcoated. What was the process of like buying your dad's well, company? Well, just the ultimatum part, all right. of that. Well, you know, yeah. Most people don't know that, I guess, that they just assume it was all smooth sailing, that, oh, yeah, you were always going to take it over. I think it goes, yeah, unsaid a lot about all the turmoil that went along with that, yeah. I guess, that, that it is a stressful process. I think that the other part, too, is that people only like to tell or share the highs yes yeah that's very true right and you look Mm -hmm. at social media today and you know what it is it's the one picture of i think of the story that somebody had told me and it's this this photo of this this mom with her two girls at the pool having a great pool day but that's the end result but they didn't Mm -hmm. actually show anything that went into it 
Yeah. Or, you know, the fact that the mom was on the phone and the kid comes up and say, hey, mom, you can come swim by the pool. Right. No, sorry, I'm busy. Or she'll drag him through a tantrum to get him there. Right. Or, or, or yeah. the meltdown. Yeah. Shit, I got a two and a half year old. They melt the meltdowns that we yeah. have on a day by day basis. Just pants on the way there. Just <laughs> pants on the way there. Or shit his pants on the way there <laughs> no, in the car yeah. scene. You're like, fuck, you just shit your pants, kid. Come on. Because yeah. you learn how to potty train. Or the meltdown that you cut their toast the wrong way. Like, oh, those yeah. are, we now we ask them, even it's funny because we ask them, hey, do you want your cut? Uh, do you want your pancake or toast oh, or waffles uh, cut into strips or pieces. And he says pieces and then he melts leaves, down. Right? I don't even want to cut. Don't yep. cut it. And he'll freak if I even cut it. Oh, man. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Luckily, we just give ours the choice. We don't even give them the choice. Sometimes <laughs> here's your toast yeah, yeah. and it's always cut the same way. But yeah, no, that's the real struggles of life that I don't think a lot of people share enough. And that's probably part of it, too. Yeah, the real side of the story. 100%. Yep. Oh, this I was always thinking on AM radio, it's probably a Canadian thing, but there's this guy called Paul Harvey. I used to remember listening to it at my grandma's house. And I was going, this is Paul Harvey. And that's the rest of the story. Because he talked about that side of things, yeah. right? But anyways, shout out to Paul Harvey and my grandma for always having it on. For everyone, well, thank you so much, Jackie, for taking Appreciate the time it. to chat. And thank you. No and that's the way the cookie crumbles. Hey, that's also a good one. And until next time, cheers. Thank you. Well, that's a wrap on another episode of HVAC Success Secrets Revealed. Before you go, two quick things. First off, join our Facebook group, facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash HVAC Revealed. The other thing. If you took one tiny bit of information out of this show, no matter how big, no matter how small, all we ask is for you to introduce this to one person in your contacts list. That's it. That's all. One person. So they too can unleash the ultimate HVAC business. Until next time. Cheers.